Um, I'll just yeah, I'll ask questions. Cool. If people have questions on the way, that always adds to it. Um, so Luke, do you want to introduce yourself and your business? We'll go with that, sir. Yeah, sure. So um Matthew. Um I second time time now um for very which is it's definitely shy feeling it. Uh, the first company I started when I was out of college, it was consumer app. It was uh, a company called Bamboo. And I just like press a button on your phone and have your loan of career copy waiting for you. And it was probably available in like the IFSC or Grand Canal Auction like that. And did that for four years and grew that to a team of like 12, 13 people. We opened up in a few cities in Ireland. Um, that was an interesting end. You can probably ask me about that another time. <laughs> Um, did that four years. Then I went into consulting and then I joined a company called Vault. So the ride heading guys, so I was GM for them for Ireland. So I launched them in Ireland in 2021, sorry, 2020, right in the middle of the pandemic. <laughs> yeah. Uh, so it was just, that was interesting launching a mobility company while there was these lockdowns that were, if you don't remember, like level one, level two, level three. Uh, that was all about, I mean, we couldn't do Facebook ads, couldn't do it. So it was an interesting time too. So um, that was. Second thing I did, and then in start of 2022, I, I started up again. And um, that was a company called Yonder. And that's what we're doing right now. And that is um, <clears throat> it's venture backed. We raised last year, we raised 2.6 million. And um, what that does is essentially is, is kind of infrastructure for the global insurance industry. If you want to like talk about it in a more boring way, but really what it does, it makes it really easy for small companies or growing companies to give their employees things like health insurance, pension, life insurance internationally. And a few clip, a few clicks, and then it gives the employees a really easy way of actually enrolling themselves and that. Um, so yeah, that would kind of that kind of came out of experience that I had with my my co-founder the um, where we were coming to that age where pension became a actual thing. We we're getting to our mid twenties, twenties, and our companies were offering or trying to offer it. We just thought it was like really poorly done. Yeah, and then this was also during COVID, so the need for this became a big thing as companies were hiring remotely and having this problem. So. Uh, that's what we're talking right now. I can go into a lot, a lot more detail on that in a minute. But like, yeah, cool. You're not allowed to talk about your funding yet. That, that's a question. Mm. Sure. <laughs> so um, you're really helpful as well. There's a lot of press about you over the last couple of weeks. <laughs> that's been really good. But um, it says that when you were in both, that it was a, a headache as head of country to like organize pensions mm. and, and stuff like that. Is that where the idea came from, or was that just one of the kind of? It was one of them. So frustrations like, that you I, have. Like I'm not going to make it seem like it was the worst experience, but it wasn't great, and that's usually where a lot of ideas come from. Mm. It was a, uh, it was a team of five at the time. Yeah. We all had this in our contract. I was the GM, so I had to do everything from ops to growth to anything HR related, and um, everything country by country was just done by the local GM. And uh, I didn't have a pension at the time. I was 25. I thought my prior startup might be able to work out, and I didn't. <laughs> um and I, I I had to go through a broker again. Oh, I had to like go through multiple brokers to try and find what a how do I set this up for the team and get it done in a certain period of time. Um, same for health insurance, and it was just kind of one of those experiences that kind of would resonated or reminded me of like setting up a bank account like the the two thousands where. Firstly, it was like a pay to play. If you want a pension and this for a team of five, I will quote you like two thousand or five thousand or ten thousand, multiple different brokers and prices. Um, and then we finally went with the broker that gave us the best price. And uh, it was just one of those experiences where it was just like, here's everything, you go do it yourself, even though we paid you all this money. And it was print out these forms, scan it back to us, we'll give you a form, then we enroll you. And it, just, it was just very off, uh, it was obviously offline, it was very fragmented, it wasn't very clear, it was really expensive. Um, and poor user experience for the team. So if I remember correctly, like if I look back, I was trying to get the team to actually set all the stuff for, up for themselves. 
and we've gone through trouble of doing it, wanted people to actually contribute. Uh, but this was right in the middle of like COVID or in like the COVID crypto boom. Yeah. So everyone's putting money into things like Ripple and and and, and Bitcoin. So no one had any interest in putting money into a uh, a, a a tax relief investment product that was actually going to be far more efficient for them in the future. But they they paid their money. That's right. Yeah, yeah exactly. Yeah. <laughs> um, and yeah, so that was it. Was kind of one of those things that sat in the back of my mind because there was always problems with it as well. Yeah. If I remember correctly. Um, and then I had my two co-founders, so one was working in a scale-up at the time. It was, it, was a, when it was a company went from 50 people to 300 people, Irish company, through COVID. And they didn't put any of this stuff in place. They tried to be, like, they tried to do it for reasons that were just kind of like to save money originally. And then they went from a company where they were trying to hire senior engineers, trying to hire people internationally, and they're hiring people in their 30s and 40s where you mm-hmm. expect to have these benefits in place. And that became like a fragmentation problem where they were... They had a team in the US, Ireland, Germany, Spain, France, Netherlands, and they were like, okay, if you do it in one country, you have to do it everywhere. And that's like, that's a big, that's a big problem as mm. well, because now they have to have like the HR department to put this in a big project. And not just, he was an engineering manager and he just couldn't get good uh, hires because yeah. like, oh, don't offer this stuff well. Um, and then my other co-founder was uh, consulted, so he was consulting for like fintech companies, and he was trying to do himself just as an individual as a freelancer. So he had all these like perfect use cases, like a a contractor, a small company, or a startup or to scale up, where we have these problems, and that's that that really does kind of sit similar to our actual ICP right now. Yeah. Some of the different companies we sell to are individuals, um, and yeah, we just realized more and more that it wasn't actually it wasn't actually an insurance problem; it was actually a distribution a distribution problem. Um, I don't know if it's really boring, but like eighty percent of insurance contracts are all sold by brokers, and brokers aren't tech friendly at all. But they're 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 yeah. buying in mom and pop shops or they're bigger to not for brokerages if you're a bigger company and they have no interest in trying to adopt any sort of technology or or good user experiences they they the, the commissions are good like the checks are rolling in and um, particularly in the last few years um but the insurance companies hate it because they are so basically they, all the distribution is driven by the by these the, these players um but there's different ways and there's, there's all these innovation departments that have actually created these ways of like distributing differently among the parts of apis like pricing and quoting apis and enrollment apis and you pull all that together, you can actually build a really good experience. You're pulling from all these different insurers. Um, and that's where we can grow like a major major here. here. Um, so that's what we really focus on was how do we how do we work really closely with these providers, how do we get regulated and do it, and how do we do more than just a, a kind of a next generation brokerage can we do more and yeah. uh, give, give them their own off-the-shelf products or um or distribute them on platform, which is kind of what we're doing at the moment. So. has anybody done it themselves or set up their own pensions or anything like that? Or moved company and have to redo it. Yeah, it's, it's very frustrating. Yeah, it's really, yeah, so and you have to shut down your fund. Yeah, set yeah. up a new fund. Yeah, shut down your funds. Yeah, set up a new fund. It's, it's very unpractical. Is that a word? Unpractical. It's just really inefficient, and it's, yeah, uh, it's one of those things where there's also a consolidation effect of that. Like now, just always a miniature pot mm. that are just yeah, everywhere throughout your career. Um, and then how are you finding, or what was your original? thoughts on this is going to be really difficult to do or really easy to do to actually what happened because I would see it as a very traditional business where the brokers would have all the power and they don't want a disruptor coming in and them to say it's actually not that difficult <laughs> this is the platform that will need to do it uh yeah we will firstly we, we knew it was really difficult um it's one of those interesting firstly we didn't have a background in ourselves so we were mm. we were trying to convince ourselves not to do this because we don't know what we don't know sometimes that's good like Sometimes when you're outside the box, you can, and you're coming from the industry, you can think outside the box as well. Yeah. And that's really worked for us today. Um, 
well, put it this way, like brokers, we speak to a lot of brokers. We work with some brokers. Um, and they love what we do <laughs> yeah. because they're like, oh my God, how are you able to do this? Because they have a lot of what a broker does is actually really not a very cost or margin efficient business. They're actually taking on a lot of the cost of the administration. Mm. So if you're paying for, when you pay a broker, you're actually just paying for them to fill out paperwork for you. And we, we don't have that paperwork because we, we because of the way we do the product. Um, so when they see what they're doing, they're, they're looking at the future and going, oh shit, <laughs> you guys can do this. You are way more efficient to us. It's a way better experience. So like, how do we work together? That's usually the experience we, the reaction we get with the brokers. So kind of validating what we said we're going to build and coming back to like, are, 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 are they, uh, do they dismiss us? No, they definitely don't dismiss us at all. Mm. And particularly when we're selling to a certain ICP or a certain customer type, because they know we very much align on that customer type. They want something that's simple, they want something that's quick, they want something that engages the customer. Um, and they want something that's that's cheap. And we can be all of, we can be all of those things. Yeah, and it's yeah. a that that ecosystem of what thirty mid twenties to mid thirties that yeah. probably yeah, still yeah. don't have anything. Yeah, and there's not necessarily like the companies we 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 follow. So if I was looking at demographic of the yeah the, the, the people who sign up, yeah, there's people who are getting really high engagement rates of people who are probably under thirty five, people in forties and fifties, and upwards of who are signing up for their their products and they love the feedback rate. Bro, and. Biggest challenges to date, obviously ignoring all your other startups, we'll, we'll, we'll focus on Yonder. Okay. What is the kind of biggest challenge that you faced and, and how you overcame it and, and kind of um, what, what you can tell us? Uh, yeah. <laughs> there's, 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 there's the, um, we're building, there's a lot, there's companies, there's plenty of companies who come up against this challenge and mm. the plots and the related before. Um, these are like companies who are trying to connect legacy financial services products to uh to digital platforms um we're doing something similar but in a different space it's with insurers um that has been interesting where mm -hmm. you've got where you're trying to they're just generally they're very slow <laughs> so you're trying to do you're trying to build relationships and build connections with providers who uh who understand the value and even if they're moving at breakneck pace is 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 not at all anywhere close to what startup pace is so it's trying to it's trying to set expectations and get better at that and increase integration times that's that's something that's been very difficult and that we can continue to be mm. we're just gonna get better and better at that and i think there's also like a, a a switch in power that happens there as well where okay well these are the guys we need to work with so there's gonna be more urgency and more public from our side to do stuff with you that's one thing but then all the things that become regulated there's very few indigenous Irish companies who have built regulated businesses that are in, in the tech space or, or tech startups have built that. do you have to iso and all that yeah, yeah, we do really yeah. all that with oh, Yeah, that's just one part of what yeah. we're doing. Yeah, and multiple, also going through the multiple license processes as well. Does it have to be central bank? And I'm going to do central bank in the UK, we do the FCA. Yeah, yeah. Oh, so, wow, I didn't know that. Yeah. Okay, that's even more important. Yeah. 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 yeah, yeah. That's a whole different conversation on the phone. Yeah, I mean, that's expensive. You got to bring the right people and that's like a very uh, scrutinized process. Is that because the you're, you're you're the broker, we're essentially. Broker, we're an yeah. yeah. So we're selling insurance contracts, and yeah, live contracts. So, so you have to make sure that yeah, you're yeah, right. Yeah, yeah. yeah, we don't want another quid. <laughs> so success to date. Yeah. What? What? Where are we at? Obviously, the the, the most recent news of Irish Life signing up. Yeah, we have um, a few of those coming. Yeah. So, so we can't break them all. No. Um, so, yeah, I think the success to date is just that we've been, we've opened our beta in like November, December, mm. and we've been adding companies since then. And I think the one of the things that have been successful is the, the breadth of the company type that we've been able to add. Mm. Um, we haven't had to like focus on one type of company, we're like, okay, we're only really suitable for this type of this company, which just sometimes happens in startups. You have to like very narrow your ICP. 
um, which is like the the, the 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 kind of target profile, customer customer profile, and we that's been really kind of validating where we can say, okay, well we can we can work with a startup of less than ten people. We work on a small business. We can work for a chain of coffee shops. We can work for a three hundred person company. We can work for uh, a shipping aid company, an e commerce company, all these different types of business. Are like, okay, well, and the feedback is always kind of very much the same. That's all they're saying. So this this is magic, or how how isn't everything like this? And, um and it, it, yeah so that that's quite that that that's uh that that's great and like we we, we haven't really turned on our mm. our go-to-market engine as much as we would like to because we've got ranged at the time we've been, just been doing a lot of different things so now we're actually focusing more on growth uh from kind of q1 on or q, q1 on us or q2 on us right now um so that's that's been good i think we have another part of the product which is uh like you'll externally you'll see us talking about a platform and that's a key thing um, you go on a website, you might be a HR person or a finance person, they go, oh, I'm going to give these things to my team, but we actually have a developer product too, um, which is a product okay, yeah. which allows us to uh, sell insurance over people's platforms. So um, that could be anything from like a HR tool, like a PEO, which are like these huge um, kind of ways of hiring people. And there's never, particularly in Europe, there's never even a way of selling health insurance in someone else's embedded in someone else's product and because we're kind of doing that so what do you mean by that so i'll so i'm um, not the only one to you use probably that. use people's room probably use people for sonia or you put a fan digital like we're like a lot of time off and stuff like that okay in, in the u.s there's a lot of uh in the u.s usually what you do is you have your payroll you've got your benefits you've got your hr role in place um that's not something that exists in europe it's a lot of reasons why that doesn't happen that might be something that exists in europe in the future and we're hoping to kind of prioritize that and we've seen that with other different types of platforms too uh where there's the seats there at the front but yeah there's the seat there you can push them around you know the front yeah no, sit down the bike yeah so it plugs straight into like yeah, a firing field, it's like it's a work day type firing field. Like it, it, when you go and check out on someone's uh, website, you're placing Stripe. Yeah. In the future, you might go check out on someone's website, or sorry, in, in your HR tool and get benefits or health insurance. That might be true. Okay. Yeah, perfect. Sorry. <laughs> <laughs> That's just a hate spot the non HR person. Um, okay. And how, how have you measured success in that? Is it is it revenue success? Is it adoption? What what are you going for? Uh, in the early days, it's it's yeah. less about revenue, it's more around like activation rates and retention rates. Yeah. And uh, the feedback we're receiving. Like, okay, like particularly on sales, like what does our outbound look like or what does our demo to to, to convert mm. look like? That's when we get an idea for selling to the right customer. Not the kind of stuff we're measuring right now. It's like okay, how many, how many, how many demos are we doing? How many of them are converting to to closes? Uh, what the activation rate is when we actually onboard a, a group of a group of companies. Is it really low? Is it getting higher? We just have to stop and focus on that problem itself and get better at it. That is kind of what we're trying to do, which is kind of like you'll always hear growth people talking about retention over acquisition at our stage. It makes a lot of sense to, to, to figure that out in the early days when we we're first kind of in the three to six months of opening up a product in the market. Yeah. And only then can we like open, open up the top a little more. And um, so even if you go on our website right now, we don't you can't sign up for sell search. Yeah, at the moment we, we don't allow it. We just want to pull for we want to pull for our companies, we want to pull for the people, understand if we're a fit uh, or if we're not a fit. Um, and then we, we want to make sure that when we actually onboard them, that they're, they're all going to activate, we have the best activation experience. And then it's how do we scale that? So, how do we start opening up for people to just come in like, straight away and sign up themselves mm -hmm. and then onboard their companies? And is that even a reality? So, it's a lot of learning, I think. And so, that in our in, in my mind is a lot of successful. There's definitely points in there where like okay we wish that would be way better <laughs> some parts of it suck um but yeah i think it, 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 there's a point of we do have our own revenue goals this year and 
uh, we're, as I mentioned, we're trying to move from that kind of beta phase and that kind of learning phase and that validation phase now to the growth phase. So uh, this year we do have revenue goals, which I'll try and hit. Yeah, yeah. They're, they're, they're the important ones. They're the important ones. Yeah. 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 Okay, cool. Is it, is it when you all met up in the first room and, and kind of, or the bar yeah. and, and kind of went, this is what we're going to do? No, we said, this is not what we're going to do. It's the hardest thing we could <laughs> We usually took date, like my other two co-founders, we always knew we wanted to start something again together. We didn't start something before, but we worked together before. We, we we missed building things so much. We kept yeah. taking days off work and like renting co-working spaces for, for like a full day and being just running workshops. Thinking like here's a problem we had here and just and just jamming on it. We always came back to this problem and it was always leaning it. Like, there's no way we could just this is way <laughs> too hard. So we did it like three times before we actually were like myself and Deepak were just like, okay, we have to do this. This is the thing we come back to. We just have to convince Patrick in the end to finally you finally go and do it. So, yeah. Um it was two out of the three of us originally. Yeah. And is it so you have that kind of test and test, go, okay, let's go do it. Yeah. To where it is today, is it where you expected it to be or what it is as a, as a product or is it kind of shit we've done really well and it's a really nice looking product and, and you know what what we thought it could be it's so much better uh, i think our bar is high so i think you're probably unhappy with where things are right now in terms of the same products um it's a lot of learnings but I, I think generally we're moving at a pace that we can be acceptable of we never we never say that thing and no one heard that <laughs> um, but we, we there, our ambition originally was like in terms of funding and everything like that. Because we were out of startups, so yeah. we we done something for uh, three or four years, and then we went to go work out of startups. We didn't really know we were getting ourselves into. When we came back into it. We didn't know what the funding landscape looked like. So when we actually ended up raising, um, we were trying to raise probably like a quarter of what we ended up raising. Yeah, and so completely changed our ambition. And thank God because the climate is difficult. Yeah, and it's an expensive domain to build in. And yeah, regulated industries are very, very expensively like legal opinions when even um, the compliance officer alone. <laughs> exactly. Um, so yeah, I, I, I think in terms of things that we didn't expect, that was that was that I would call that a success. Yeah, yeah. yeah. We'll go. We'll go on to funding now. How how was that? Because you raised three months ago. We actually raised. In, we we started the company in January of twenty two, and we yeah. raised the end of January twenty two. So it was a very quick funding process. Yeah. Yeah, so we didn't announce it until September. So we actually raised. Uh, you raised straight away, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. yeah. How, but that was how was that? Uh, the ecosystem then was okay for. Uh, yeah, yeah. <laughs> I can't remember it six months ago. The stock market crashing as as we were raising. Yeah, so did you actively go out and target the VCs that you wanted, or um, did people come knocking? This is kind of where we knew we were onto something as well. Yeah, this we 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 we. Everything was, we spent about a year validating what we were doing. We spent a very large chunk of time uh, talking to people in HR ops and people ops, speaking to insurers, speaking to off people and insurers and brokers and everything like that, trying to understand where we fit in, where the value is. And we kept seeing a lot of good value points. Um, and then distribution was key as well. So we found a lot of different distribution opportunities and people who were like, ready to work with us. So when we went to fundraise, we were probably over prepared in a sense. We, 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 uh, we were also not only trying to convince ourselves that we should yeah. do this, this very, very difficult business and this very ambitious business. Um, but when we turned that around and sort of turn it, sort of show a deck that wasn't even meant to be seen by investors, I should have meant to be seen by the team to an investor and go, oh, hey, here's what we think of the building. It was a lot more informal and it was a lot more of this makes a lot of sense and I ran this by people. I'm in and I think this other person might be in. And I think mm. so that, 
one of our HDR person that is in the room at the back there, Eamon, um, <laughs> uh, literally sent us a a the price of a pint and with the with the with the with the with the, with the response being like on the on the on my on the bank saying first investor in or, or buy a pint or something. <laughs> first money in. First money in. That was good. Yeah. So then you got in for a pint. When they sent the bank in, it was the bank instead of the. He was testing it. Yeah. <laughs> um. Well, yeah. So that that we we uh, we just charged six hundred k. Um, and we thought that would give us enough of a year to validate one of the key things and maybe go on and do a larger kind of seed. Um, but what we didn't realize was in a week we had the 600k basically fills, then it turned into two within a second we could have uh, we had a million fills, that was all just by angels. And then the velocity or momentum of that round turned into um, a lot of VCs who, who were at our door and uh, we kind of had a pick at the end of it. Nice. So that was about maybe three or four weeks we we done a pre-seed. Yeah, which was kind of unheard of. I'm not saying you didn't pick the other VCs because of it, but what was the reasoning for who you went with? What was because that's always an interesting yeah. was, feel. Firstly, we kind of took a biased fraction as well. We were like, it was we could have spent we were, it was three of us, we had nothing. We was like myself, my two co-founders, they were like thinking about product and trying mm. to get built something and Harold was like, I need to capitalize the company. And I was just, it, it was mainly just being tired of speaking to to mm. investors. <laughs> like it was Eight o'clock to eight o'clock, nine yeah. o'clock every day, like Monday to Sunday, for four weeks straight. Um, and that was, and and it was, we could have kept going, and we could have done something stupid as well. Um, but it was more of a hey, well, we've got incredible names here, people that can really help us. It was uh, looking at the portfolios. It was people who were either in fintech or HR, which is kind of the domain we play in. Um, and North Sound in particular, mm. like they led it, and they were in Personio, they were in True Layer, yeah, uh, two companies that are kind of we we, we cross over a bit, and then there was uh, Frontline as well, who are in a few page companies, um, and there was two sides there, multi stage company, there's multi stage VC, so they're able to, they're they're more useful when you get to growth, and they're more useful when you get the Series A plus, and so it's very unusual when you come in that early, but then Frontline are uh, seed stage VC, so. They're more focused on actually helping companies in the early stage. So we actually we got both of them in, and we wanted to make sure that we do it. it was essentially like okay, these, we know these guys can add value now. We know these guys can add a lot more value later when they both come together. Hopefully, it's a good mix, and they actually like each other, and they want to go for it. So um, that was kind of there was a configuration of the round it was quite interesting, but we made it work. Where you kind of even at that round side, like one of them wanted to want to do the whole thing, but we, we made sure that. Um, we kind of de-risked it for them and ourselves as we go into later rounds, and they can follow on their investments. Yeah, because that's the important part. Yeah. Make it, make it, making it still interesting as, as, yeah. as you scale. Yeah, yeah. Um, any questions for Luke? Because I can keep going for another while. But is there any questions people have? Yeah. How did you get your first customer? Our first customers were actually some of those early people we spoke to. So remember, is saying that we spent a fair chunk of time uh, speaking to companies or speaking to people in the HR departments. By the time we, uh, by the time we were ready to open up our waitlist, I was able to start having these conversations. Go, was this the product that you said you would like? And they're like, yeah, actually, it kind of is. And that that was able to able to start getting like first users. Um, some first customers are also we kind of these different entry points. So just people, anyone here who's in sales, so uh, there's there's like basically there's it's much easier to sell a company who doesn't have this product already that needs it versus a company who is in the middle of a a, a policy and they don't have renewal. It's very hard to display for three days. So. Um, a lot of the companies we've been selling to is like kind of it, 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 it's, it's kind of not friendly, but you get the ones who are like, okay, we're going to do this six months down anyway. Actually, this is way better. Let's just do this. So that helped a lot when you're trying to get like our initial feedback. Um, so that's usually the case when you're selling your first sales when you're when you're trying to get your first companies. It's like 
who uh, who are the ones you definitely validated it with earlier on, or who are the ones you have almost your friends like, hey, go on, you're going to be our first customer, right? Yeah, no choice. But that was definitely the thing. Yeah, yeah. It, it's really funny because I had problem solving written in the middle of my page here. Yeah, the amount of times you speak to people and they don't do that. They they build like the amount of founders I've spoken to, um, and they built their product, and there's only after they right. built it, they turned around and got shit. We actually didn't build it for our customers. We built as we wanted it. So like that, taking that six twelve months out, like to start, you're already on the front foot ahead of like people that have built and we had a lot of data. We had yeah. a lot. We ran a mock up. Like we 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 designed what we thought the product would look like before we put it in front of any of these companies. And this is just like big my mock-ups of what we probably spoke to any of these people at HR, people at Archer Finance or anything like that. I was like, what do you think of this? What do you think about? Just constant feedback. And that product doesn't look too different to what yeah. we have today, to be honest. Um, and then generally just we were solving something that we also wanted to solve ourselves because we had this problem ourselves all in different ICPs are all in different uh, different company profiles. So we always kind of reverse engineer back and go, does this solve the same problem that we have? And how and why does it solve it? Um, and even while we were thinking of road mapping or thinking of what our next, what, what the next you know, three, six, nine months look like when it comes to product, we always, it's kind of coming back to those fundamentals like this doesn't do what we said we wanted to do, or this doesn't, this mm. is actually, uh, this isn't fundamentally a sick the profile of the product you're trying to serve, solve or serve, like what we're trying to serve. So let's not do it. Um, so we only come too out of, out of that ICP. So yeah. Um, where do you see the market going? Because it's 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 a freaking huge market, like yeah. life pensions, yeah. HOR, everybody. When you you know, irrespective of what people say, people like when they, yeah. they they change jobs, they, yeah, yeah. they want to know what the pension is, they want to know what their benefits are, you know, unless they're going to really early stage. Even after that, they're going, okay, you know, yeah. do I get a pension and and you know what is it? Yeah, in Europe alone, I think it's like one point seven trillion. It was yeah. like in just grossing and in, in, in gross. I think it's like it's like it's like eighty odd billion uh, in actual business for brokers. And um, and how many people are focused on the 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 you know benefits benefit side and, yeah, and yeah. satisfying? Uh, there's a few people, but they're not they're not infrastructure focused. They're very uh, they're very kind of just like SaaS focused. There's no verticalization. Mm. It's just like we're going to do the heavy lifting at the front end. Uh, so we're going to make it look nice in the front end and do the heavy on the back end, but they're not actually solving the core problem. The core problem yeah. is, is, is really what we're trying to solve, um, which is really down to the insurance industry more so than anything else, less around, the, uh, less around what's actually happening to the user. So we, we, we don't think that's sustainable. So there's really three or four companies who've raised tens, if not hundreds of millions in the last few years. But ultimately, we think they might be our customers at some point too. Yeah. yeah. That was nice. <laughs> it's like what Eddie Dillon is trying to do at Credit Logic. He's yeah, trying exactly. to own the kind of that space and then become the marketplace for that yeah is that yeah. similar kind of yeah, process yeah, yeah. 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 no it's, it's a, i'd say how clever that is <laughs> <laughs> any other questions Philip? yeah um, in the uk you've got that auto enrollment thing, yeah, yeah yeah how is that in the rest of europe a lot of more there's a lot like ireland is a kind of a is an outlier there's not many auto enrollment Provider like the Ireland's like as we are, we are the last people to do anything, and we usually follow the Brits. And um, we are now bringing auto enroll, so we are going to be one of the, the few remaining countries in Europe that will actually bring auto enroll. Um, to be honest, that doesn't make a difference for us. Like one way or another, we'll have a corporate pension product. That means that as a local company or an international company, I can do an auto enroll product, or it's more of a um a master trust product, a corporate product that's less order and roll focused. So order and roll just means that if you join a company, uh, immediately you're going to be contributing to a pension out of your pay, out of your payroll. Um, and the company has to have a system in place that works with payroll to actually do that. 
and that doesn't really exist in Ireland where it's kind of can bring it in any point. Um, so I don't know if that answers your question. Is it coming? Like it's got the next, it's it's in the next six months. Yeah, so there are 700,000 people who are on the pension in Ireland and order and roll that will come in next year. Yeah. But with the final details of what that looks like haven't been released. That's 6%, I think it is, isn't it? I think it's like three of us to do what we have to do. Yeah, sure. As the UK is three or something, they've been working on big three as well. And other European countries? Lots of European countries, European countries, yeah, as well, yeah. 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 And like it's happening with the Middle East as well. So. Um, I think Spain are going to do, and yeah, yeah. People finally realize they need money when they finish working. Yeah, and like, that's not really us trying to solve that problem, by the way. Like, we're not the ones trying to build the, the core pension product. We're usually working with the people. Like, say, for example, Smart Pension, you might be thinking of in the UK. They're like a order and all pension provider of software. They've made it really easy. Um, we would just work with someone like that to make it all seamless within our product. Versus trying to invent the field multiple times over, not trying to go and actually build the infrastructure for pensions, much as we're trying to do it in different ways. And, and what and you, you don't have to answer, what's the revenue model? Is it you get a percentage of the yeah, typically back in end? this industry, it's like um, this commission. Yeah, so you'll see a broker will always get a commission on like AUM or the, the policy, yeah. it depends on the type of product you're selling, and then they'll probably charge a like a, a initial fee and a yearly fee. Um, we're very very tech company, so we we charge SaaS, we charge SaaS fee, we charge like a nine euro per employee per month fee, compared to like an initial fee in a contract and very exorbitant large once off fees. Mm. And in some cases, we we make commission as well. And you own the contract then with the employees, yeah, yeah, yeah. that the with the with the employee with, and the yeah. country and the company, yeah. So like traditionally, I, I'm just trying to make this in my head. I have a broker. That broker goes to said company. Yeah. And anything I do with said company, I have to go through my broker. That changes to you become the platform for mm -hmm. me to be able to do that. And then once I change it on your platform, that's rectified in the back end. So um, we are the broker. So yeah. if you are a company, you're engaging with us. If you want to change uh, and move on and, and, and engage with the broker, you basically have to, you have to leave that down there. Okay. Yeah. yeah. Okay. Yeah. Quick question. Sorry, just one second. Yeah. Uh, how do you see Asia? Uh, for your product, Asia market. If I'm honest, uh, it's firstly it's a, it, I know it's more mature. In like say if you look at like Singapore and Southeast Asia and like like even like generally APAC, like, if you look at Australia, Australia is one of the best pension markets in the world. Um, we're not. It's not an immediate focus. It's like the reason we're going after Europe first is maybe because it's so fragmented and kind of outdated. There's uh, every country has different like insurers. It has different rules. It's, uh, some of them, some of the umbrella laws are, are in place, given that it's an EU. Um, but it's a fragmentation problem that doesn't that's never really solved. So that's really that's really our first focus. Um, outside of that, we'll we'll because we have a lot of like partners and distribution partners that will want those markets, we'll have to go and integrate those providers in Asia at some point too. But it probably won't come for a little while. Um, I don't know too much about uh, how that market has matured either. Right? No, it's it, it's much it's it, a lot of those countries they've just been far ahead far more ahead than uh like Europe when it comes to those those because they're so big but if you look at like Singapore you look at like Hong Kong if you look at like Australia there's huge markets that uh they're fairly new and they're fairly they're fairly, they're fairly progressive so parts are going to build there they're strong throughout the market Europe is far more like globalized where you can move market to market it becomes more a problem right. so, yeah. like I'm from, uh, from in India Point of yeah. we do have lots of brokers. Yes, yeah. We go to brokers and then to have some insurance policies, right? 
to get some insurance yeah. for ourselves. So from that perspective. Well, look, the market's generally broken right everywhere. I think from what we've seen, it's all, it is all uh, kind of that traditional broker-led market where you go to uh, the person your account refers you to or the family friend or the, um, yeah, that's kind of it. But India is actually fairly advanced as well. There's actually some very big digital players in India when it comes to even like health and life and pension. It's kind of one-stop shops even for consumers. Um, I know that because Deepak, our co-founder, has basically mm. seen that on his family share with him. So, um, well, it's a 1.7 trillion market. I'm exactly, pretty sure there's yeah, going to yeah. be other people in there. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. Okay. I think rather on top of that thing, what are the you know like biggest competitors you see like in terms of like currently in what are the markets you're operating and how do you think from your current USP or your future roadmap you'll be able to kind of you know I think crush them in your business model. Uh, so, yeah, so I just passed them. Yeah, first. yeah so <laughs> competitors are, are those old school brokers. It's like the Wiz, Harris Watsons, it's the Mercers, it's the AOS, it's huge ginormous brokerages that really serve like an enterprise client and and they charge a large, large amount of money for that. But they're very slow and they're very expensive. And they it, it, it kind of feels like it's a kind of an interesting industry. Like I always speak to a lot of our, our providers and they most break their teeth and have to bite their tongue when they work with these great brokers because they would do this for free. One of these brokers are charging hundreds of thousands of euro for it. And they also ultimately pass all the administration over to the provider where we're far more efficient in terms of what we do because we are integrated into providers. So we can like put it this way, we can sell policies without providers knowing. We don't have to actually map them. Like, there's, like, we have a direct route into your pricing, we direct route into enrollment, direct route into policy management, claims, all that kind of stuff. Whereby the traditional guys, that, that is a that is a, a, that's a piece of the supply chain that they will have to manage themselves. Um, or they had to manage it themselves, not what they're paying for, or they have to offer the insurance. So someone's getting a brunt of something here, which makes it really inefficient and slow and expensive. Um, because we remove that piece of supply chain, we can be a lot cheaper. So not only can we be cheaper, we can be faster, we can be more efficient. Um, and it's going to be very hard for all these guys to catch up because they're not tech companies. These are consulting aid, these are huge consultants, or they're smaller or they're smaller companies or smaller brokerages. So uh, they're going to, unless they're, Actually, big taking our APIs or our products off the shelves and we're selling it to them. I don't know. Um, in the future, maybe that's how we how they stay on top of them. Stay on top of them. I'll ask two more questions because I'm conscious of times and stuff like that. Um, what advice? You've had a couple of skills of startup. You've, mm -hmm. you've led early stage companies. What what advice would you give to anybody in the room who's looking on the entrepreneur pathways or who's either on that journey? Yeah. Um, for your kind of last couple of years experience and, and before um i will one thing i always say is get very used to being very uncomfortable uh, it is a very it's something that you're every day you're going to get a lot of uh, a lot of negatives that happen there's a lot of things that you try not to you got to just get, get used to it and you try to live a very hard life in some ways that's not the hardest in the world but um, it can be get used uh, to know yeah get, 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 used to, get, get comfortable being uncomfortable is one thing um because if you're going to make it work it's going to take a lot um the other thing is think bigger. I think one thing in Ireland is people try and they think only the island of Ireland. Mm. So that's one thing that's that is why it's hard to raise money here. That's why it's hard to um really get people forward to ideas and hire people is because people want to do big ambitious things and things that are mission driven and things that are uh, um have impact. And if you're thinking if you're thinking about an idea, maybe what does that look like at 10x? Mm. Um, because that's probably gonna interest a lot more people, not just you, but potential customers or potential investors or, or uh, anyone else who's on for the ride. Um, and and just on, I, I did a podcast with Joe Lennon 
Yeah. Um, and that was the first thing they looked at is where can we get out next? To, yeah. And obviously they go out to the states and and right and and it's got market yeah. traction pretty yeah. quickly. And like, obviously they did. The reason we started Ireland week. was mainly because we had our that were our first customer. Like we yeah. we, we had a, we 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 knew we could immediately integrate to an Irish provider. And I yeah. That was the first thing. I wouldn't even call, but that Irish provider is the one of the largest insurance companies in the world. Yeah. So it's Campbell. Um, but that is a word that we we're not we're already outside of Ireland. We're in thirty countries. Mm. Uh, we're international health insurance, and so we're already in the UK now. Potentially, we're switching on UK pension. Yeah. Um, so immediately that was a thing. And I hate when people talk about Ireland being a test market. It's why Ireland doesn't have to be a test market. It's very, very small. There's only so mm. many small companies here you can sell to, and only small, only so many consumers you can sell to. Um, so if you really want to build a really big business, and that's really what venture-backed companies are, get out of Ireland, they go to the US or go to the UK or go to Central Europe, um, or at least make it something that's a very, very quick option or very, very uh, short-term strategy. Um, yeah, for a lot of reasons, because the amount of companies just fail because they didn't get to the, sec- the next stage. And the next stage usually is just the funding. And uh, that's usually because your market size is too small, you're not going to hit reach certain reach, reach uh, certain milestones, or you're just finding it hard to actually get to the next stage of product. There's, different, there's a lot of different reasons why I'm not saying like we're a victim of our circumstances, but yeah. it tends to be the case. That's what a lot of the heartache at the moment is it's revenue generated businesses, companies that have got to those revenue targets are, are doing well. Yeah. And the ones that took the money and didn't get to a revenue target or haven't yeah. got the product to market in time. It's a tiny market. And we're also that, that's the problem. We're, we're, we're not we're not one for trying things. <laughs> yeah. yeah, we 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 we're, we're only used to failing recently. It's uh no, no, I mean like just even as 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 uh, as consumers, we don't like taking that many risks when it comes to things. So being in oh, yeah. the market, I think it's, it's really hard to sell to our well, who, who's changed our bank here in the last five years? <laughs> <laughs> you know, so you know, you're you're against that, aren't you? Yeah, that's yeah. the the old mindset of yeah. I haven't changed uh, my, my I mean, I use revenue every day, but I, I still keep everything. In, yeah, every, everything in one of the anchor banks, just in case yeah. my, my my few thousand go missing. <laughs> Last question for me, um, as a, as a, an entrepreneur myself and, and kind of owning a business, what do you enjoy most about kind of your last couple of years? What's the what what kind of aha moment that yeah yeah okay i won't say you've made it but what was that kind of moment of shit we actually have a product here and yeah, we're going to do something we could fail tomorrow like. yeah <laughs> that's the thing so that's the, the, the like i think perspective is cool like to be able to say okay we just like a year ago we were here hmm. we had nothing and now we're we're serving customers and we, we were able to bring this cool team together all the same mission and, and we're trying to do something that's impactful and that is something that you're able to stay back and like that's really cool and when everything's really tough and you're um and you're 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 slogging it out, mm. which you, you currently am, and you can't see the the, the get my dark eyes like that is currently the case. Um, but you you go you you realize okay, actually I'm doing something that a lot of people would have killed to do. Yeah. Um, and uh, to have the ability to kind of not define what you're doing, but kind of work for yourself and build something that you that you want to build. Um, a very privileged position to be in. So, um. Yeah, as difficult as it is, it's 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 not many people have the opportunity. Yeah, I think that's actually when you take a step back yeah. and actually go, oh, shit, I'm, I'm doing something. And you also love doing it. Yeah, so like it's 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 hard not to say you wouldn't prefer doing anything else. Yeah, I I don't turn up for work every day. I turn up to something I exactly. actually really enjoy. Yeah, yeah. which two you know, three years ago I would have loved to have done, but I probably couldn't have done well three and a half years ago. Yeah, but but doing it now, it, it is it is great. It's never a day of regret or never a bad day. It's just oh, there's lots of days of yeah, regret. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh, joking. Uh, any other questions for Luke? I, mean, I am conscious of time and, and people have lives to do. Yeah. 
Luke, you've been a founder before, and it seemed like that was a quite a fetch and stuff. So what learnings from your earlier startup have influenced how you founded this, whether it's in terms of equity splits or roles that you gave to within your co-founders or how you hired or not hired, how you build the collective? Uh, lots. <laughs> that, not for particularly the first one, yeah. Um, you mentioned something just because you're probably coming at it from like the, the, the funding side. Definitely diversify your 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 investors. Uh, you have one investor, get more than one investor, and you don't want to be only building something that they have a lot more people who are uh, taking a risk on, and not just one person or multiple or like a highly concentrated. You want to try and split that out as much as you possibly can. Um, I think co-founders are the best thing you could possibly like. No, I, I think you know, I'll always have a co-founder. Not in this case, in this company, we three co-founders, and you could be doing something not so. Uh, we're looking at every day, we're like, Jesus Christ, there's so much happening here. We're so lucky we've got feedback, he's like leading engineering. So, okay, I've got Patrick, who's our CTO, but obviously, it's not a product. And if you jump into compliance, then you can jump into the wider thing. And if we didn't have that, we'd be fucked. Like, mm. uh, because we, you don't, you can't hire people to take that type of ownership, you can't hire yeah. people to take on that type of stress. And so, like, starting companies try and uh, divide and conquer them the way there. And then, the other one was probably. So it's the, it's the investor piece, it's the building it together piece. And then I would say focus on distribution a lot more than product. I think we have a really core from product and product's very critical to building a product like company, not just kind of by default as table stakes. Um, but take a lot more consideration into how your how does your product actually meet your growth? How are you going to uh, you know just put this thing out to the open as we discussed earlier and this and this hope for the best? You've got to have a very serious plan about uh, product that growth or interest and distribution opportunities like phone when you put that into the market and do this is probably more be complementary um that was the i think that the, there's like a saying i don't know like a first time founders think about product second time founders think about distribution try and get ahead of yourself think about distribution so those are kind of two things i would say brilliant luke thank you very much for your time tonight um thanks everybody for coming thank sorry about the uh the location problems uh i'll fix that for the next one <laughs> no thanks for your time no, uh, you. really appreciate it um i will be putting this out as a podcast so oh, well, <laughs> and no thanks for everybody coming and thanks luke for your time tonight thanks, thanks. Uh, there's more beer and pizza downstairs you can work away at that um i'll just press pause on this <laughs>